All right, everyone. Good morning. 
I didn't sound good. Good morning. Happy Palm Sunday. Everybody uh, stand up. Um, as you can tell, I got like this little throat thing. Don't worry, I don't have COVID. I've been swabbed by um, my nurse wife. She swabbed me. Um, but um, just, uh, just that time of year, right? Um, so we're going to just open with prayer, and then we're going to get started today. Lord God, we just thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for your presence um, as we uh, celebrate you. Um, today, as we continue in our, in our message series um, called Creed, um, we're going to talk about the body of Christ um, and uh, the church. And so, God, we just thank you that those are of us who are gathered here and those who are, um, who are watching online, we ask that your Holy Spirit be with us. And, um, and God, that you be glorified in it all. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, as you can tell, um, there were some songs that don't match up on your, uh, your service guide, your bulletin, because um, I was supposed to sing a couple of those, and that's not happening. Um, so, uh, but we, we adapt and, um, and, uh, and God makes a way. And so Keith is transitioning from the drums in Justin's absence today. And then, um, uh, so he jumped back on the guitar. So we're just going to ask that we just worship the Lord. Everybody sound cool? All right, let's do this. the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea, my God he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God's still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven. Redeemed by His grace Let the house of the Lord sing praise Cause we were the beggars Now we're royalty We were the prisoners Now we're running free We are forgiven, accepted Redeemed by His grace Let the house of the Lord sing praise Sing it out. There's joy in the house of the Lord. 
There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. 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 One more time. We shout out your praise. Good job, everybody. It's a lot better than enough I sang today. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. Quite entertaining. Can you see? I can blow it. <laughs> there we go. Try that. more than a 
yourself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. You, Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Coming back to you, Jesus, I'll bring you more than a song, I'll bring you more than a song. Coming back to you, Jesus, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. All right. At this time, our kids can go to our um, Haven Kids, and everybody else just kind of say hi to somebody near you. Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
hear me okay? Yep. All right. Okay, good. Um, so we have a couple, we're going to get our time for with prayer requests. You guys are like, it's like listening to an adolescent boy up here preaching. So, um, but um, anyway, so um, we have a couple prayers from uh, Jennifer Legullo. Ask for uh, praises for Tessa Smith's new job starting tomorrow. There we go. That's better. I wonder if Jesus ever had like a cold, you know, I mean, but... Um, uh, and they'll be starting tomorrow and a negative biopsy result. So thank God for that. Uh, for Ro Joanna and Ron, praises and thanks to everyone who contributed for the nursing home mission. Um, we serve 406 re uh, residents. So um, I got to see some of those things. It looks really awesome. They're going to love those. And um, Kate and family traveling mercies. Um, Lou for healing. And I know Joanna was um, had a little stint um, with some illness last night, um, and she's here. That's dedication, um, So, and we're glad that she's here, and all that good stuff. Also, we want to lift up uh, Patty's uh, grandson, Caden. Many of you heard he went to um, to Bryn Mawr, but had to come back because he had an infection, and um, and so he's going to have another spinal tap on Monday, uh, which is tomorrow, and um, if it turns out good, he may, he won't need other surgery, at least right now, um, and can get more in the, in the rehab. But he is he is making some strides, and Caden's a Caden's a pretty level guy. And um, at 18, dealing with all this, where he should be just enjoying his senior year, he's having a lot of a lot of stuff because of the um, the situation that went on with his brain and and, um, and all the surgeries and stuff. But he's a he's a great kid. So we just pray for him and for Mike and Cricket as well, his parents, um, in the midst of that. Okay. Um, all right, so let's go to prayer. God, um, we're just uh, in awe that we can come into your presence and just just uh, approach you. And, and today as we celebrate, um, as Christians all around the world celebrate Palm Sunday, which is the uh, beginning part of leading up to the, to the uh, crucifixion, uh, death, and resurrection, um, we give you praise for just, um, for just who you are, for loving us so much that you did that. And so God, now as we... Um, we come to you today, we lift up all these um, in our prayer requests that we've lifted up before for Tessa and for Kate and family and for Lou and for Joanna and for, um, for Caden and just every other person that um, it may be unspoken right now as we, uh, we are talking. I ask God that, um, as my dad once said on a, on a um, retreat weekend, God, you taught a jackass to speak once, you'll do it again here today. So, um, so God, we ask that you just give um, you strengthen my voice that I get through and that people can hear what they need to hear um, from you, not from me. And for that and all things, God, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. All right, so there's a number of things going on here. I do know that for our... Uh, Paris Foundation, we need 70-some, is that right? 75, 75 um, meals that are being coming up. But let's see what's going on here at Haven.
All right, a number of different things going on there. You saw that our Good Friday service, um, which is one that people um, really love to have. Last year when we had it, we usually do a, a nailing on the cross last year because of COVID and things. We were unable to do that. We are going to redo that this year. So if you, um, if you want to, and it'll really fit in. Um, we are going to be continuing our series on um, the uh, Apostles' Creed. So it will be for the forgiveness of sins is what we will do. Today, if you're going by the Apostles' Creed, you'll see that where's the Holy Spirit? Um, because we kind of skipped that in this. Um, we're going to put that off till Pentecost Sunday in June so we can really talk about the Holy Spirit on the day that we celebrate um, the Holy Spirit and the Pentecost. Sound good? So you got to hold off for that, for that part of the series um, then. And then we will wrap up Easter Sunday. There's two options, 8.15 a.m. and 10.15 a.m. Sound like a plan? Yep. All right. You guys awake? Yep. Anybody got a voice like mine? Good. All right, good. All right, and you can come preach then. Uh, here is your QR code if you want to take out your, um, your um, smartphone and go ahead, and you can use that there, and that will be your, your bulletin if you want to follow along. And we're going to go ahead and continue on. All right. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to um, Mark chapter 12. If not, you can follow along. Um, we have most of that uh, up here today. We have been talking about the Apostles' Creed. Real quick, um, when I say the Apostles' Creed, how many of you um, grew up or ever attended a church that said the Apostles' Creed? Anybody? Raise your hands. Okay, good. Um, and, um, and some of you may not know, but it's the oldest creed that we know. We don't even know when it came about. Um, many of us think it's about second or third century. And so we look here. Um, in this, we've been spending a lot of time talking about God who is three and one. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we've been unpacking them. And it may be confusing to us, that, that three-in-one thing, but it's not confusing to God. God knows um, things that aren't confusing to us. And so what we, what we recognize in this, um, we are gonna, what we're talking about is when, when the Godhead is together, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in this triune God, or what many may refer to the Trinity, there is a one-anothership, that they are working together, um, and they are they're the complete entity together. So um, what begins to happen as we look at the creed is this God is three in one, and we talked about that as well. And so since God is three in one, we have this thing called the Imago Dei, which is called the, Im, um, the, in the image of God. Um, you, can, you can make somebody think you're really intelligent today by going up and say, hey, I'm created in Imago Dei, and they'll say, excuse me. Um, but it's, um, it means that we are created in the image of God. And so what uh, many of us believe is that we were created to be in relationship with God and with others. Throughout, um, we, we talked about a couple weeks ago about uh, having a vertical connection with God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then having a horizontal connection with each other. And so today, as in this message about we are the body, we're going to talk about one of these sections that um, Protestants get nervous about. Um, and it's the, um, I believe, in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. So that's where we're going to be today. Um, in the scripture, we find out that when people are in a relationship with God, um, they're called God's friends, sons and daughters of God, uh, God's assembly, et cetera, et cetera. And there's several more. The body of Christ is another one of those things that we have. So the question is, if um, what we find out, uh, the question for Jesus in this section of Mark is, they're asking him, if you take everything that the law and the prophets did, what is the biggest commandment? What is the, what is the best one, is what somebody asked him. And in other words, how do we live fully? How do we live fully possible? 
in this, in this world. What is it that we must obey? So let's take a look at Mark chapter 12, and we'll take a look at this scripture uh, really quickly. Um, okay, so uh, let me see. Yeah, we're going to look at the scripture, and then we're going to go and... Um, you know what? Let's do the Apostles' Creed now, okay? Let's, if you would, let me stand and let's do the Apostles' Creed. All right. I'll start you off and you guys keep going. Ready? I believe in God. The <clears throat> Jesus Christ, his only son. Let's look here in Mark chapter 12. Here we go. Mark chapter 12, and here's what we have, and here's what it says. It says, one of the teachers of the law, uh, of the Jewish law, that would have been, uh, came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a, a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I was supposed to sing that today, but be glad I'm just talking about it, all right? Um, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these, all right? So Jesus is asked for one commandment, and he gives two, because they can't separate that. And one of the things I've always, I've always shared with you and, I, and I've learned is that it's easy to say we love God, right? I love God. 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 According to God that, and according to Jesus, that is displayed by how we love each other. Okay, that's a little bit harder, isn't it, right? Um, like last week on a video, uh, since I was away uh, celebrating the life of Reverend John Hobbs, um, I share with you there are some people in your life that are very difficult to even like. Do you, do you agree with me? Anybody have anybody in your life that, you're, that you have difficulty like? I mean, if they're sitting next to you, just give me a help look, okay? Um, <laughs> But, um, but what we see is this is the argument that we have. And so, so God is telling us um, that we need to have this, this section here. If you want to do, see what God is up to in the universe, if you really want to know, then you, you need to have him establish a right relationship uh, with us and with him and establish a right relationship with one another is what God desires. For Jesus, the greatest commandment is loving the Lord your God with everything that you've got and loving your neighbor as yourself. And for some of us, that's very difficult. So that leads to a question. What question does that lead to? Who's my neighbor? Right? We want to say, well, does it have to be the person I live next door to? Does it have to be the person I sit next to in church? I really don't like them. I mean, we go through that. So, um, so what is the answer to who, are, who is our neighbor? Yes. It's yes. You, if you say, is that my neighbor? Yes. Is she my neighbor? Yes. Is he my neighbor? Yes. Anybody you see, the answer is yes. Um, and so that, that, that's not an answer I like all the time. But Jesus' argument is if you want to fulfill the law and the prophets, then you must love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength, and love everybody else. 
as yourself. And so we live in a day and a time where this is more and more impossible than ever before because we have access to people more and more than we ever have. We, we get to see good sides. We get to see how bad sides. We get to see how people place things. And yet it's, it's a problem. The other reason why it's difficult is I'm going to give you two reasons why it's really difficult. And it's difficult because of garage door openers and central H HVAC. And you say, what am I talking about? Because... How many of you have a garage? Raise your hand. How many have a garage with a garage door opener? All right. So here's your day. You get up in the morning. You go out. You, you, turn, you open the garage door. It goes up. You start your car from inside. You, and you get into it. And you go. And you back out. And you go. It goes down. You leave. You go to work. You come home. What do you do? You go in. You don't have any time to talk to anybody next to you. You don't have to. Right? You go right in. The other thing, central air and heat. Used to be in the day that when it was cold, where do people gather? Around the fireplace. Your kids weren't off in the room if it was cold. They were sitting right there with you at a fireplace. Now we have central air and heat, and we just go wherever we want to. You see what I mean? So what we are doing is, is we are separating ourselves from people. So we, many people live next to somebody, and they don't talk to them forever. You just don't need to. You don't have to. Um, and so, so uh, anybody remember growing up in an area where, the, the, whether the borough or the, or the town or whatever you were in, you knew everybody on the block and their parents knew you. And by the time you got home, if you did something bad, you were going to get it or they were going to give it to you and your parents were going to be glad because everybody was raising you. Anybody remember that? Yep. Yep. All right. So, so we don't have that much anymore, do we? A lot. And if you live in a community like that, that's an awesome thing that you can have. So, I mean, I mean, watch, watch how teenagers interact. Now, teenagers and young adults have time to do life with other people. Um, they make space to hang out and to make time together. And we were once like that. You remember when the only thing you had to think about was what you were going to do later with your friends and just hang out? You remember that? Um, and we lost that. We got kind of old and crusty or something. Um, and that's just where we, where we got to. So when we read the Apostles' Creed, um, we've said that we, that through that we're rejecting what the world says and we're pledging allegiance to Jesus. And there's two areas where people kind of get eh with. The first one we dealt with a couple weeks ago, which was he descended to hell. And a lot of you gave me feedback and really, really liked that message about descending into hell. And we talked about that. If you missed it, go back. It's online and you'll be able to see it. Um, the other one that people deal with, um, particularly Protestants, is the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. Because some who are Protestants go, wait, we're not Catholics. And then those who are Catholics like, see, told you. <laughs> uh, you know. Um, but anyway, um, it, is a, it, it is a small C, which means, um, which means universal. Kataholos is the term for universal. And so uh, back in the first century, Catholic wasn't referring to the Roman Catholic Church. It was referring to the universal church. So today we're going to deal with the phrase, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. So it's two phrases that we're going to deal with. And we're going to start with one and unpack these. You guys good? All right, here we go. First one. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the Holy Catholic Church. The universality of the church, as I said, um, 
basically we have a bigger family than we can even imagine. People from all over the world who have no shared language but the language of the gospel. They have no shared socioeconomic level, um, but we all belong to the family of God. Uh, it goes well beyond what we see or what we know. Uh, and all over the world, people in different languages, different styles of worship. I was at a church, I think I told you this one time, I was at a church gathering where there was a church from the islands like Fiji and stuff, and they took offering by oiling up people and putting dollars to. I was like, that will not fly at church that you're, you know, making it rain and, you know, that's not how it works. All right, but that's part of the culture that existed there. Um, and But there's some consistent things that every church does. They preach the word of God, they sing to God, they celebrate communion, and they enjoy uh, God's gift of salvation as well. And they also uh, celebrate the sacraments of baptism and communion and those things. So we come together even though we're different. Um, you know, when we when we look in, in our church today, if you look around the room, and if you're at home, look around your room, um, but um, Haven is a tiny comparison of what God is doing globally. Um, like all over the world today, people, um, people will meet. And, and if you look around this room, where else would you see this group of people together? Go ahead and look, besides Walmart, like we get that. All right, look around. Like, but I'm saying like coming together, people, people from different ages, people from di different um, origins, all coming together. And we have one commonality in here. Our one commonality is Jesus. That's the one commonality. And, that, and that's, that's all over the world. And today, all over the world, people are worshiping um, and they're in different times. But all those people on that day, we talked about the return of Christ. On that day, everybody's going to be together as the body of Christ, um, worshiping and praising God. It's an ever-expanding family. I, I learned the other day that um, I was born in 1971, and, um, and the, the thing is, um, I heard that the population of the world has doubled since 1971. It's, it went from, from like four-something million to almost eight million, uh, billion, billion, excuse me, billion uh, in that time. That's a lot of people in the world. And so, of course, the church has to ever expand um, in every, every single thing that we have. Um, why? Because God keeps adding to his family. He keeps adopting, keeps bringing people into his family. The Bible said, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. And when we say, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, it's referring to Christians everywhere, um, Christians all over time that are part of this family, and it's part of something that we belong to. Um, I've had the opportunity and several times to, um, to go to a worship and that I knew nothing of, or very little of the language. Um, one was obviously when we went to Haiti, uh, went to the church in Haiti and um, went down there and they were singing songs in Haitian Creole and I don't know Haitian Creole, I don't know anything near it, I just go along with, it, with the deal. But there's something about when they sing that you connect and what was really crazy is we were going around and, um, and when we got to this, uh, when we got to this uh, place, we were going around the community. This girl sat, and I think we showed a video a while ago, but this girl was there, and she started singing. Do you remember what song it was, Becky? Um, I forget. Blurt it out when you know. 
Yeah, it was. Um, but she started singing, singing this song out there. I'm like, oh my gosh, this great voice. She's singing it in English. Didn't speak any, anything else but the song that she was praising God with. And she and Becky got to sing that song together a little bit, even though she made up her own words in English. But we make up every word in Creole, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I've, I had that opportunity. One time, I remember I went, when I was with United Methodist Church, I went on a conference out in, um, in uh, San Diego area. And um, I was there. And as I was there, uh, the church... They said they were going to have a contemporary worship. I was like, okay, cool. So I went to this church that they had us at, and this contemporary worship. Um, I'm never going to say that worshiping God is bad, but this is about as close as it can be to bad. And I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is painful. And um, a friend of mine was outside, and I was going to go to another church in the area. I was going to rent a car and go because I wanted to see it, but she talked me into going there, and I was not happy with her. Um, and so I got up, and in... It was interesting because they had this English worship, we'll call it that, um, but it was just there. And then in this other side, like, building, because in, in like, Southern California, it's all, like, little buildings with terracotta roofs and things like that, they had a Spanish worship. And I know enough Spanish to be dangerous, and, you, and when they're a little bit, I can, I can conversate. Um, I know all the dirty words, you know that. Um, but so I went, and I walked, I, I, I walked over there, and she sees me. She goes, where are you going? And I just walked by her. I was mad. I said, I'm going to Spanish worship. And I walked by, and I got in there, and then um, and when the people uh, who were... Um, Many of them from Mexico uh, originally, but were in Southern California, began to praise God. It was awesome. And like I said, I knew it, uh, some of the things, and I was like, this is incredible. And the pastor was talking, and I'm like, I needed a translation. I can pick up this word. I know Dios, yeah, that, Jesus, I got that. You know, but I'm, hallelujah is the same in every language. You know that? Hallelujah is the same in every language of praising God. And so, but it was just profound. It wasn't the language. It was the commonality and the love for Jesus Christ. In Revelation, we get a glimpse of what's going to happen where it says um, right here, and John writes this. He says, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Isn't that awesome that God does not care about church attendance? Um, it says, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and they were holding, what were they holding? Palm branches. I just thought that was very fitting for today. Holding palm branches in their hand, and they cried in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Don't you think it's interesting that it said that um, in this, that people of every nation and language? Like, I mean, I don't think we're all going to speak heavenese when we get there, you know? Um, I, think that, I think that we're going to know even as we're fully known. But these, these languages are all to praise God um, in, in different ways. And I think that's really, really cool. This is the Holy Catholic Universal Church. It's not a building or a location, um, but it's believers all over time. And so this should make us feel like none of us are arrogant about our church um, 
many people over the years have been arrogant about their church. If you want to see something fun and you want to see people fight, go up there and say, just put on Facebook, I'm looking for a church, what do you think? And people will fight over their church is the best. You ever seen it? It's hilarious. Um, and so you, ha you have this time and time again. We are part of the church universal. And many people will say to me, hey, I, I, like, I really like your church. And I say, it's not my church. It never has been, never will be. It's his. Because we're part of the church universal, the holy Catholic church. Second thing. Here we go. The communion of saints. The communion of saints. John further talks about this in Revelation 7. It's a big church. The church universal is big. Um, one of the cool things is... Um, and we'll, we're going to probably put some of these together, um, maybe some of these videos for you. Uh, Pastor Oog in, in Haiti. For those of you who don't know, we went to Haiti on a mission trip uh, several years ago. Anybody remember what the year was? I forget. Was it 17? 17 and 18. So we went there. We went on a mission trip with another group. Um, several of us uh, went. We didn't have a clue what we were really doing. Um, when we got there, we ended up moving gua wash, which are big rocks, um, and digging holes. And, and this community had no, they had a well, but they had no, no way to get it except for a very, very long um, cord on a five-gallon bucket that you would pull up and dump in and go down and pull up. The pastor was going to sell his car because um, in order to pay for building the school, um, and his, his wife and his young kid were living in one of these little areas. They were doing everything they could to go ahead and, and build on. And um, we were there with a very large group, very large um, church from, I think, Richmond. And they had a um, young adult or kids group. They were there, and they were talking about how many mission trips they were going on and where they were going to do. Our group just kind of felt that God placed us here to connect with these individuals and to to make a difference, that it wasn't going to be like we're going to do this mission and then go to that mission, but we just, God brought us here for a reason. I think the first trip, I may have talked to the pastor, Pastor Oog, maybe like a handful of times, not much at all. He was very busy. You could tell that he was, he had other things on his mind. And, um, and so as we began to talk to our translator and others, we began to connect and we decided we wanted to give directly. We wanted to connect to that church and, um, they came to the beach with us, and I know uh, Jim had some time to, to talk to him. And from that point, we went to another trip before the world got really, really crazy. Um, and in that time, they came to us, and they're connected with a couple other churches, and they wanted to name themselves Haven Community Church in Haiti. They did that. And then we went and we lifted a lot more guawash that year, and we built, um, helped build more of the school. The school was completed. Um, then they had a tent for their church. Now, because of what we've done, they have um, generators, and they have, all, they have a generator because of us. They're, they're putting people through school. They started their school and have several kids. In that meantime, this last year, his wife died, and he's still going. And that today, um, I, got a, I had a video this morning of where they are actually putting the roof on their church building that was not even there. That's because of the communion of saints and the Holy Catholic Church. That's, that's, that's what a difference we make. Anybody, how many of you have met somebody from that place in Haiti? Anybody here? Okay, a handful of you. 
but what you do and how you give and how we contribute to them all the time makes a difference and saves lives. Not only saves physical lives, but saves lives for Jesus Christ in this community. And, and even in the midst of him losing his wife, he's still working in that community to praise God. We, we gather together, we come together, when we mingle with each other, this is the communion of saints. This is God's design as the community of faith. And people in the local church are going to bother us. You're going to be bothered by each other. Let's be honest. Anybody, you ever been part of a church where somebody just like bothered you a little bit? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't raise your hand, you're the one that bothers people. Um, <laughs> notice I didn't raise mine. Um, but, you know, when we look at this, we get closer to who God calls it to be. Anybody in your families bother you? The more you get to know them, they bother you more, right? And then you wonder, why does that person like them? I know them, but, the, you know, they'll figure it out on their own, okay? Um, Rick Warren, one of the, uh, the, the greatest, the great pastors in, in many, many years, um, defined the church like this. He said, he, God created the church to meet your five deepest needs, a purpose to live for, a people to live with, there's the communion of saints. Principles to live by and a profession of faith to live out and a power to live on. There is no place of, on earth, no other place on earth where you can find all five of these benefits in one place except for the body of Christ and the communion of saints. And that's, that's something that we, we see. The church gathers uh, together consistently and speaks into each other's lives. And hold one another up to what Christ has called us to do, to affirm one another in the presence of God. The New Testament gives us kind of some space um, of this communion of saints. And it's done through 59 one another's. 59 one another's. And I'm going to read through some of them, or maybe all of them. We'll see. Um, love one another, serve one another, accept one another, strengthen one another, help one another, encourage one another. Um, Care for one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, commit to one another, build trust with one another. How do you build trust with another person? You get close to them. And that gives you an opportunity to maybe even be betrayed by somebody. You build trust by sharing with someone what you're going through and that you're close enough to need them to be trustworthy and for you to trust them. Um, and so you, you, have these, you have these things. Um, and and what, what you see is that means that you can't always get every, you can't get every, every bit of trust by sitting in rows here. Like on Sunday, you can't, you, this is not going to give you trust for the person who's sitting here. You're sitting there, it's not going to give you trust for the person here. You're sitting here, it's not going to give you even trust for the person at the end of the row. It's a bit difference between meeting in rows or circles when you get together. You know, like when you sit at a table, you get to know people. You get to know people well when you sit across the table from them or you eat with them or you, you, you're in a group with them. Those things begin to happen. Um, be devoted to one another. Be patient with one another. Be interested in one another. Be accountable to one another. Confess to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not pass judgment on one another. Do not slander one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another. Admonish one another. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Meet with one another. Agree with one another. Be concerned for one another. Be humble to one another love. Be compassionate to one another. And how can you be compassionate? By knowing their story. Knowing what their life is like and why they're going through. Why they react to what they do. 
To know compassion is where it, cre it creates empathy when you know where somebody's gone through in their life. And in a moment, you can lack that empathy. And you know, like, sometimes people just do things. You're like, what is their deal? Often there's a story behind that. And people, we, we learn to put up guards. And we learn to, uh, to have these, these things around us that we have. So in order for someone's background, we have to actually know them. And, that, and to know them actually gives us empathy. Um, and I'm not talking about know them on a Facebook level. Like, we're, oh, this is my friend and here it is. No, I'm not I'm talking about really get to know somebody. Because um, we all know Facebook is a wonderful tool for sucking your life away. Um, okay, do not anger one another. Do not lie to one another. Do not grumble to one another. Give preference to one another. Be at peace with one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Comfort one another. Be kind to one another. Live in peace with one another. Carry one another's burdens. All these one another's are impossible if we simply just go to church or we simply just stream church. They're impossible. The only way you get this is by getting in each other's lives, by belonging to a place. Like we even have a, a great tool now that I know when we, we start doing our prayer course on the Lord's Prayer, which is our series after Easter, that we're going to have small groups that people can connect to um, and, and groups that, that people can learn about prayer. Um, and particularly the Lord's Prayer and the style of prayer and how we, how we pray. And, and in that, we have an option that people can even Zoom. So you may not live in the area, but you want to connect. I know um, our, our grief share has, has had people from all over the place that actually form community um, because of technology now, and that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, you know, so, so we need to practice these one another's. A lot of people have learned, uh, have said to me that they've never joined a church, usually for a couple of reasons. Number one, they figured out some things are wrong with the church. Um, and others say they don't fully feel like, uh, agree with what's going on, so they don't do that. So um, several people have said, you know, the church really let me down. Has anybody been let down by the church before? I mean, I have. I have in, in times in my life. But there, I'm going to tell you this, there are no perfect churches. You know why? because there are no perfect people. Um, if you find one that's perfect, don't join it, because then you will mess it up. Um, <laughs> and that's what many people feel. I'm going to be the one that messes it up. Um, and so well, how, does it get, how does it get the best it can be? By living out one another's. I can tell you, everybody who's been part of a church and everybody who has left the church for some reason is because the one another's were not kept that they forgot to love one another or they forgot to um, not to slander one another or they forgot to live in peace and harmony with one another. It's not about, not often about the church and people. It's about what's going on in me. Am I living out the one another's as I should? So, um, so as we look at this, how do we plug this in? We've been spending most, most of our weeks plugging into our, our grid of symmetry. Remember I said symmetry the first week is like um, if you have a person who's at the gym who works out all upper body, does no legs, they're like an upside down pair with toothpicks in it, and that's not symmetrical. Uh, and so what we want to do is we want to have, have balance. We want to have symmetry. So how do we, how do we have symmetry, clarity? Uh, communion, I mean, community and counsel or good advice in this. What is this, this, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. How does that fit in here? Um, well, let's take a look. Uh, so that, because symmetry is going to shape and mold us as believers. Clarity is going to help get things clear um, and, and 
that we can have an understanding what our community role is. So, um, and advice, what is that counsel, that advice that we can, we can put in here? So let's start with this. Let's start with symmetry. Here we go. I'm going to make a statement. If you know everyone, you know you don't know anyone. If you know everyone, you don't know anyone. I see some of you shaking your head. I see some of you going, what, is, what medicine is he on right now? Um, what, we're, what we're saying here is this. You, it takes time to get to know people. It takes time to get to connect. We live in a world where being connected is 500 miles wide and a half inch deep. But there's no depth, but there's width. That's why we can have 100 friends or we can have a thousand people on Facebook or our social media or Twitter followers, and yet we have no person that we can really call on as our deep friend. That's why we, we can maybe hang out, we can go see movies, we can talk football, we can talk politics without killing each other, we can discuss what to binge watch on Netflix, and we can have all these, but we don't have uh, we can have all these in, in conversations, but we don't know anybody because nobody knows our hopes. Nobody knows our fears. Nobody knows our background. Nobody knows our struggles. We hide these things deep because we haven't built trust with those 500 people out. And because we're only an inch deep and we have no depth. And we're afraid that if we, if we let them get about an inch down and not that half inch, then they'll start to see something that they won't like because it's something that we don't like. So we know 100 people, we know no one. This is not the pattern of Jesus. Let me show you Jesus' pattern. Jesus had the 12 disciples. That was a small group. And then he had the big three, Peter, James, and John. They were his close buddies. They were the ones that just, he's the one that they would pick up the phone and call all day. Yeah, I know there's not a phone in ancient biblical times, but go with it, all right? Um, Peter, James, and John, they were the big three. They came with him on the transfiguration when he transfigured. They went with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He pulled them off with him. So think about this. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is pleading with his father. Take this cup from me, but not my will, your will. And he told them, just pray. Took those three with him. They kept falling asleep. Somebody else did. They yelled out there. Um, notice he didn't take all 12 with him there, but took three. The ones that were closest to him he took. I want to tell you, you will never walk in what God has for you in depth and meaning and relationship if you have 70 friends in that way. You won't. You can have 70 acquaintances, just know what a, f a definition of a friend is according to Scripture. A friend sticks closer than a brother. You cannot have 70 people that stick close to you like that. You just can't. It doesn't happen. More of our relationships and more and more are like ships passing in the night. <laughs> like here and there and here and there. They're out of sight, out of mind. How many of you had somebody maybe five years ago that you were, you consider a really close friend and now they're just gone, you rarely talk to? How many remember your your friend from kindergarten, your best friend. How many still talk to that person like regularly? Okay, there's a couple of you, all right? Um, many of us, you remember those senior superlatives you put in? 
Oh, best friends forever. Not. <laughs> and there's a couple of you that have those. And they're good, but it takes effort, doesn't it? Yeah. It takes effort to do those things time and time again. God calls for us to have deep, rich friendships that are rooted and established in how he's called us to himself. To have symmetry. I understand this because there's a lot of cool people in our lives. There is a lot of cool people in our, our lives that we want to spend time with. You ever seen somebody and you're like, man, that would be a cool person to be a good friend with. Um, that happens at times. Um, and there's so many people that used to say, I really, really would like to know really well. And, but we only have so much time and so much energy and so much all this. So, I mean, how do you get to the point? You say, like somebody comes to you and says, hey, I really like you. Let's hang out. And you say, sorry, I'm full. I have my 12 and you're number 13. I'm sorry, you know, go, go away. Um, don't do that. Um, and, and like, don't say, they say, hey, would you like to hang out? Say, no, got my 12. Nope, I'm done. Find somebody else. They got, I, think, I think Mark over there has 11. You, you made 12. No, that's not what we're saying. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. We just need to be pragmatic about it in life. Um, the other thing I want to say is if you are spending, if you are spending all your energy on one friend who is so needy that you don't have time for anyone else, you may need to reevaluate that circumstance, all right? Because um, it's, it's closer than a brother, but not like a leech, you know what I mean? Um, they, it needs to be enriching um, back and forth, all right? Um, that's free. That's not on the, on the sheet here, all right? Um, okay, so the flip side of this is if you have a small group that you do life together, um, that you really dig into each other's, one another's hopes and fears and life stories and dreams and ups and downs and histories and everything else, then you're, you, you, need, you need to get everything that God has for you by sharing with people. The ups and downs and the histories, they, they shape who we are. Um, to know where one another's are coming from, to know where currently their struggle is, what we're hoping for, and that starts to build support and starts to build encouragement with one another back and forth. Like I've had, I've had organized small groups. I had a small group made up of people who went to walk to Emmaus and um, it was up at Arner's restaurant and I would drive up there Fridays and then life hit and we had kids and, and, I, I, and I stopped going because life was much more hectic. But, um, and I've had, I, you know, like our worship team is really a small group. We share um, everything with each other, a lot of things with each other because um, we're there. Um, I've also had, I also have small groups that aren't organized, small groups of people that have been friends of mine. Um, my counselor always says, it takes a long time to make a, a close friend, and it really does. And I know uh, Paul's here, he's known me probably for 40 some years. Um, I've been one of my closest friends ever. Uh, Danny was one of my, my closest friends. Uh, we had six years that were just awesome. And, and he was one of the closest people to me in my life. And it takes a long while to build that with someone. It just doesn't happen. You don't just put an ad um, in social media and say, I'm looking for that close friend that I can share everything with and that they can share everything with me and it's really cool. It doesn't work that way. It and, and if you did that, I guarantee you people just want to find out what you're doing in life. But every, in every small group I've been, one of the coolest things is some people grew up in perfect families. Others grew up in broken homes. Um, some love sports. Others 
Eh, they'll tolerate it. Some have relationships with God that are mature and disciplined and rock solid. Others are still struggling and still wonder and ask questions and wrestle with life's ups and downs and how to live out real faith in this world. But with all of them, there's a consistency. There's an openness and a trust and a vulnerability. They share about their relationships, their work and their careers, friendships, spouses or significant others, weaknesses, struggles. They, they get after each other, help each other um, with strengths. They grieve with one another. They laugh with each other. And they have everything, and they're all different how they approach things. I have some friends who 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 journey with me and and just like talk to me and help me through it. And I got another friend that he's like, yeah, well, I'll put on your big boy pants and suck it up. And I need that sometimes too, you know. I need those things as well. Um, and like I said, it's about like rows versus circles or tables. We need to connect where we look at each other. Clarity. Clarity's real short today. Okay, it's very simple. I'm gonna make it clear in one statement. Simply this, God has called him, you to himself, God has called you to himself, and in doing so, God has called you to others to be a, a blessing and to receive blessing from others. That's clarity. God has called you to himself, and in doing so, God has called you to others to be a blessing and to receive a blessing from others. Is that clear enough? That's what we're called to do. So if that's what we're called to do, how do we do that? The one and others. Okay, that's how we that's how we do that. Community. I told you it was short. Uh, community. What do these truths mean for community? I want you to do a favor with me today. I'm going to repeat something. I'm going to say something. You're going to repeat it. Okay. Here we go. You ready? All right. I cannot do it all. I cannot have it all. One more time, I cannot do it all. I cannot have it all. Did you learn that? You can stop now. You don't have to repeat that, Barbara. Did you ever said you can't do it all? You can't have it all. So what does this mean? As finite creatures, we have limited time, energy, and resources. We're constantly making trade-offs in life. We're saying yes to one thing or no to another. Sometimes we're saying yes because we don't realize there's an option to say no. So every time you say yes, you're really saying no to something else because you have limited hours, energy, money, time, and relational capacity. So we live in a constant state of trading off. So since this is a case that we, we have this finite trade-off, we will prioritize and we will create space where relationships may flourish and grow. I'd say many of us have spent a lot of time with individuals that have caused nothing but suffering and misery in our lives. Right? You may work with them. You may, they may be your family members. I don't know. But I'm saying we have a choice in how we want to spend our time and how that's going to help build us up. Scripture says iron sharpens iron. That's what we need. We need to go ahead and have things that build us up and make us, make us uh, sharp. So, for instance, as humans, we're work, always working. We're always on. We're always rushing around. We're always connecting um, to the newest things. And if we don't prioritize and create space in our life 
create space, our life will live us and we will not live it. Let me say that again because I butchered it. If we do not prioritize and create space for those relationships that, are, that build us up and help us grow, our life will live us and we will not live it. For instance, I have never in my life, ever, in all the funerals, all the preparing for people who were dying, they said, I, can't, I wish I could just get out of here and go spend more time with work. Not once. They never said, I wish I could go spend time with those people who treated me like garbage, who made me, who tore me down. I want to go spend more time with them. No, every person has said, I want to spend time with the people that I love, that I'm close to, my friends and family who build me up and I build them up. That's who people want to spend time with. So why do we wait till a deathbed to say it? Because we're letting our life live us. We aren't living our lives. And we need to change that. The banner over many of us is that our life is living us. And we feel like, I'd love to do this, but I can't. Yes, you can. You just have to choose to. You know how many times I've talked with somebody? I talked with them one, one time, one year, and they share with me the same, same situation. And I say, well, hi, have, have you looked at this? Have you decided to do this? You have this option, that option. You have some options. And then I talk to them maybe six months again, and guess where we are? We're still back here. They haven't done anything. Well, I don't know. You haven't chosen to do it. You haven't chosen to do it. You've let life live you. We say no. We need to make time for one another, to be involved. The real trick is some of us may have to say no to some really cool things, some really, really cool things. Like it's not like, hey, I'd really like you to come and be bored to death with me. And you say, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. That they're usually great opportunities. Like one of the things that I'm, I'm thrilled about that I did when I was younger is when Jacob was young, I coached a ton. My, my dad was always, a, dad was there when he could be, but he was always at church meetings and something. And one of the things I always made a commitment to is I was going to coach and be part of his life. And I did it until I was completely burned out, you know? Um, and that's something that, that I really, I really am glad that we did, that I did. I don't know where he is, you'll have to talk to him. Um, but I'm also glad that, I, that you know, I've taken time to get, um, get connected into the community and other a avenues and other facets. Um, you know, I'm, I went years without ever working out, and, and I make a commitment every day. That's why I'm so buff up here, um, <laughs> to go ahead and work out every day. One of the reasons that I, that I do that is, yes, for my health, but it also gives me an opportunity to connect to other people, some one another's. And, and I know people's lives there. I know about what's going on in their life, okay? And it's easy in a gym to put in your headphones and ignore Right, so, so what I'm saying is we, we need to find that balance that God has called us to, to be firmly planted in who he wants me to be and be engaged with, each, with one another. So our, here's a question for you. Are you prioritizing and creating a buffer so that you might sow into your life deep, meaningful relationships? It doesn't happen by accident. You gotta create space for it. One day you may have to not hit the garage door opener because your neighbor's there and you say, hey, how you doing? I, I think I've always bugged my neighbors because I don't have a garage. And I'm always like, hey, what's up? You know, like, you know, it's just, just me, all right? 
you may have to have to do that. The kids may be in the, in the other room, and it gets really hot. And you may have to cut off the air conditioning um, and just put one of those windows units in. Like if you want it cold. I remember when we were little, we didn't have central air. We had one room, and it was well, we had one that was downstairs, and we had one in mom and dad's. And Joe and I slept in mom and dad's floor. You know, that's the last place I wanted to be. But I didn't want to sweat to death, you know what I mean? So, so we, we need to make times to get together. Many of us don't even know our neighbors' names. Number four, counsel. Thinking about counsel and how we advise ourselves. I want to, I want to, I want to share this with you. I'm going to tell you, you should probably not listen to yourself. Because about 90% of everything that you've said and done, you did because you believe you're right. About 10% of the time you say, I know this is wrong and I shouldn't do it. Um, you say, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it, that kind of thing. The normal pattern in your li life is, I think this is right. I know I'm right, so I know I'm going to do this. You should probably stop that. Um, no one lies to you like you do. No one has betrayed you like you have. No one has shot yourself in the foot like you have shot yourself in the foot. No one has failed to come through for you as consistently as you have failed to come through with you. How are you feeling about yourself? Right? Look at what it says here in Proverbs chapter 11. It says this, um, Proverbs chapter 11, where there is no guidance of people falls, but an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Or Proverbs chapter 24 says this, surely you need guidance to wage your war. And victory is won through many advisors. A Christian needs to be open to many counselors, many people, to hear wise counsel. Um, and in different, in different stages of life, uh, we rely on different experience. Like, for instance, um, each stage of life is confusing. I remember waiting for Jacob to be born. I had no clue what that was going to bring about. As, as, a, as a dad. Somebody call me dad. Anybody relate to that? It's just really weird. Um, you may be in a stage where you may be newlyweds, you may be young parents, you may be a single parent, you may be going through a divorce, you may be parents of a teenager, parents of adult children, going to college, starting a new job, dealing with the death of a spouse, child, parents. You may be dealing with middle age and midlife crisis. You may have lost a job or starting a new one and many, many more. And you need counselors, life counselors, and what do I mean by that? People that you've done life with who've been through those things. They can speak into your life. And when they see an inconsistency in your life, they can speak to that too. Hey, you're saying this, but you're doing this. That's important to have. They should be fearless enough to talk to me in my life. I had an incident one time where somebody um, didn't, knew me like surface level and came up to me and said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And they, um, we were talking in the area um, in, in the hallway, and they were saying something to me that somebody had said to them, and they were, they were kind of saying, well, I hear you're doing, and, I'm, and they're saying you, and they're talking to me. And um, I had no relationship with this person except for a, hi, how you doing? And this person's trying to speak into my life, and I will let you know, it's by the grace of God, I didn't throw them up against the wall, because you have no right to speak into my life. So I'm like, what can I do? What can I do, God? What can I do so I don't look even worse here. Um, so I said, are you done? And they said, yeah. I said, good. And I went back into where I was and I sat there for a while and I was talking and um, I was really kind of aggravated. And then I started walking through and then I said, 
Okay, it was about a half an hour passed away, and I called the person. I said, come here. I said, I hope that you meant that to be right. I hope that came from a good place. And they said, yeah. I said, the bottom line is, I've been at, it was another pastor, honestly. And I said, I, I said I've been doing this for a while. And if we want to talk about scripture, that person needs to come to me. Now, I don't know where this came from, but I will tell you this. We don't have a connection enough for you to speak into my life. Now, I want us to be good, we're gonna be good, but I just wanna let you know, we don't have that relationship, and I, I just hope, and I wish you well. And it ended well, and, and we're friendly, but what I'm saying is, if somebody who's been in my life, who's been down with me, wants to speak, and somebody I share with, you know, a couple times, and I know what's going on in their life, my, they can speak into my life, you know what I mean? But somebody who's on the outside looking in, that's why we can't be 500 feet, 500 miles wide and a half inch deep. We need people who are 500 miles deep in our lives, time and time again. So the community of saints affects how we count ourselves and others and ask others to speak into my life. The Bible says you're a fool if you haven't done that. Not me, the Bible. You need to invite others. If you have nobody who can speak into your life, you are in trouble. And you are just waiting to fall. You need somebody who has permission to speak into your life and telling you where it's going awry. They need to come in and tell you that you're weak and out of step with God and you got to get it together. You need to be a better father, a better spouse, or a better person. So what does it look like, as we wind this down, what does it look like where I'm in faithful service in the balance of God? Let's look at this closing quote from Max Lucado, the writer. Questions can make hermits out of us, driving us into hiding, yet the cave has no answers. Christ distributes courage through community. He dissipates doubts through relationship, through fellowship, excuse me. If you lack courage toward anything and struggle with doubt, the answer is not to run and hide away. That's what we want to do. And just to pretend that it's not there, our, our answer is to dive into community, to people that we love and let them speak life into us. God never gives all the knowledge to one person. God spreads it out. When we have our mixed understanding, then we know that. And we can laugh and cry, and together we can confess and pray and just do whatever, and, and just do life together. The presence of God is most often revealed in the communion of saints. I can tell you when my parents uh, were sick and dying, it was not my Twitter followers or my Facebook community that ultimately wrote, rip, rest in peace. It was Danny taking off work and coming to my house and sitting with my family when I was down with mom and dad. It was uh, Paul calling on the phone. It was this church as the body of Christ. Um, it wasn't an assigned person that I was slapped together with because I was working to the college at the time that just sent me a text and said, oh, hey, sorry, you know, um, we're thinking of you. It wasn't that. It was this church, the body of Christ, that provided food and phone calls and prayers and helped get things ready for the memorial services in the midst of a pandemic. It was the communion of saints that came from all over the world 
that watched online in, in different countries and came here as they could. It was the phone calls, the cards, the, the attending uh, live or on stream, and it was the people that pulled me aside that spoke in my life and said, hey, you're doing this thing, but how are you? It was Reverend John Hobbs who pulled me aside and said, I don't know how you did that, man, but listen, and he was, he was, it was him who talked to me on the phone who said, listen, hey, your mom and dad are, are not here. You don't have to be something for them anymore. You can be who God created you to be fully. It was those people who spoke into my life. It was the body of Christ. And when I have my own hurts and my own brokenness and my failure and my doubts, it's not an, the next Oprah book club book that does it. It's not a fly-by-night people who suck me dry in life. It's the communion of saints that reach out and call me and pray with me and spend time with me and encourage me. That's the body of Christ that we need. I don't believe there's anything more beautiful and freeing than being able to share and do life with other Christians, to share your struggles, your shortcomings, your failures, and your hurts. The communion of saints is how we live and walk out a right relationship with God and with each other. Two questions as we close. Are you living out the one another's right now? Is extent of your Christian walk just checking in and checking out? If so, you're robbing yourself of, what, of the fullness of what Christ has for you. And some really beautiful things. And the second thing is, what ways are you taking steps? Making, uh, making a way, creating buffers, saying no to some things that you can be in deep relationships with other people. Are you in a group? Are you creating space to do life with others? Are you making plans to participate in the after Easter prayer course? Are you living out the one another's in your life? What steps need to be taken for you to go ahead and truly live out what God has called you to do? Because I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. It's beautiful. I mean, look how weird everybody looks in here. Weird and beautiful. That's who we are. All right? I might as you stand right now as we, we get ready to close out before my voice does. So bow with me, if you will, for a prayer. Father, I thank you fully for the men and women who are here in this place. And as always, God, I thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to just let the weight of your word and kind of press on us and our hearts and shape us and mold us. It's awesome that we believe in a triune God who is, um, who's relational. And therefore, we as his people are called not to do this thing alone. So for the person who says, I can serve God, I can be just as good a Christian at home by myself than can without, no, that's not the answer. His people are relational, hungry for relationships. We're shaped and molded through our, our deep friendships and, our, and, and just every facet of life. And God, 
Help us to just learn not to have church be a place where we're, we're afraid to connect, but we're a place where we come as a spiritual hospital and say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with, and that we form those deep relationships. And maybe we not rob ourselves from the depth of, of soul in connecting in those things. May we not be 500 miles wide and a half inch deep, but may we take your Holy Spirit in deep to our lives. May we, may we just bask in your presence. And as this next week, we, we look back to the Holy Week, the week which you gave your life up for us. God, we recognize that because of that, our family is a lot bigger than we thought. So during this closing time, God, we lift up our voices to you. I ask for your anointing to be upon uh, the tithe and the offerings. And again, if you're visiting today and checking everything out, um, we don't expect you to give it all. We want you to receive today. So, Father, uh, but for those who do give, and this is their church, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be a blessing on these gifts. Not for us, but God, we recognize that many of the gifts that we're bringing in are meeting the Holy Catholic Church in Haiti and around the world and in our community, in nursing homes and other places. So, God, do your will. Bind us together. And for those who need prayer, there are going to be people up front to pray with you and, and to journey with you. That whatever is going on in your life, whatever struggles are going on, just give them to Jesus. As we together join in the body of Christ, spirit move in your name. Amen. Let go.
And as well, everybody, um, uh, speaking of well, this week, uh, Good Friday service, 7 o'clock, and we'll be doing the forgiveness of sins, and then Easter, uh, the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. Amen? All right, so have a great week. God bless. See ya, and hopefully the voice is better next week. Friends.